The views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon. Here we are. Good afternoon, one and all. Here I am. It is Juan. It is uh, John DePietro at uh, 12.06 on this uh, Tuesday. Somewhat sunny. Clouds in and out. It is uh, John DePietro, folks, on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. As we kick things off, folks, on this Tuesday, well, this hour, anyway. You heard last hour, of course, it was a great hour with Donna Perry. But welcome to the lunchtime, one and all. And uh, this portion of the program is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, remember what we say. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096 for Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, I will provide an example, and that is... Uh, one Saturday morning, there was no one home in the Juan household. I decided, you know what, why not do a little laundry? Uh, washing machine okay, dryer would not work. I called a friend of mine who I thought mechanically inclined. You know, I did actually call him thinking he'd be like, hey, I'll be on my way over to fix it. He said, you know, sometimes these things give out Juan. You may have to buy a new one. Or he said, if you want to try to fix it. I'm like, what, what? I have a better chance of getting myself up to the moon on a bicycle than that happening. Folks, did I panic? No. Did I try to fix it? Don't be ridiculous. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. Ryan said, Juan, don't panic. Let me get my toolbox. I'll be on my way over. Folks, suddenly a truck magically appeared in my driveway. I can still see it. It's like a vision. And it said on the side of it, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. 401-710-7096. He fixed the dryer in about 10 minutes. Then that week, I went to make microwave microwave popcorn. I wanted to watch uh, something on Netflix. Um, for some reason, the, the, the microwave wouldn't work. Again, did I try to fix it? Uh, that is not one of the talents that God, the, our maker, has given Juan. It is not. But instead, I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. And this time, he and his dad came, and they had to take it with them but they fixed it like new and then uh the trifecta was also then the oven wouldn't work and then uh ryan fixed that in about five minutes my point is 90 days parts and labor guaranteed if you have an appliance in your home don't just get used to it you know we jiggle the lamp like this and it works or you know what we do is we rock the washer back and forth and then sometimes it works or you use the clothesline call ryan's appliance repair serving rhode island and massachusetts 401 710 7096. Uh, Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90s parts and labor. And senior citizens' discounts are available. It's Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. Well, folks, good afternoon. Again, it's uh, John DePietro. We have a great program in store now. Governor Raimondo in the news. I also want to say good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live. Please do a uh, quick thumbs up. Click in that you're watching it. Share that you're watching it, folks. Again, you can always watch the program. We do the first this hour, excuse me, on Facebook Live, and then later this afternoon. And Facebook Live, folks, as many of you know, has absolutely exploded. But I want to address that. I want to address some comments that were made. Uh, I am going to talk about the fact that Governor Mundo, this is a full-fledged pitch to try to become Joe Biden's VP. I mean, Governor Mundo has pedaled to the metal. She is putting everything into it. Smoke and mirrors, whatever she has to do, she's trying to do it to become the VP pick. 
If you want to get in touch with me, go to the website, to Petro.com. If you miss any of the stories, if you miss some of the video, log on at the website, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. It says uh, contact John. If you want to advertise on the program, you can see some of the stories and video. But I want to address this business, folks, because now, granted, listen, I worked at PRO for 10 years. And, you know, when I hear things that uh, Dan York and Tara Granahan uh, are saying things, no, I, I am going to address it. I could ignore it. I'll admit, I wasn't exactly friendly with them. And I want to also be very clear. The three blind mice, this has nothing to do with Gene Velicenti. Gene does a good job. Gene is single-handedly holding that place afloat. The place is in free fall. That place should have record ratings during this pandemic. But with the three blind mice, Granahan, Fat Allen, and Pork Boy, I mean, of course, then, they're going nowhere. But they made comments. I ran into a local TV reporter who I really didn't know that well. Actually, I think I, I was on one story that she was there. And she said, I want to talk to you in confidence. So you can talk about it, but don't give my name. And I said I would honor that. <clears throat> but I want to address something that she said. And it had to do, first of all, it had to do with the protesters. And now keep in mind, this is a local reporter now. And many of you that follow me, especially on Facebook Live, know that since this thing started, I have really felt I try to do an effort to bring you the real story of what's really going on, not just the press releases or not just with what they throw out and try to say is the story that's going on. I mean, the real story of what is happening out there. So now I'm going to play you something. But, folks, first, I want to just play again, uh, just so we're all clear about the other night. And if you go to the website, uh, depetro.com, I do have this. And these are these guys were terrific. And these were two young guys that lived in Governor Armando's. They live in her neighborhood. And they witnessed what was going on the other night when those protesters went to home. I want to play it for you, folks. Listen to this. Nine, probably like 8.30, there's people coming around in circles just honking their horn and banging on stuff, saying Black Lives Matter and everything. Wow. How many people would you have? Probably like, there's about like 10 cars, probably like, filled with like five people. It's like probably like 25 people, 30 people. So they just go around in circles and just yelling Black Lives Matter and stuff. And were they in their cars or out of the car? They were, at first they were in their cars, and then after like near the end, they got out and they went to Gina's house. To the house. So the reason I wanted to play that for you was this was a local TV reporter who was saying to me, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this Tuesday at 1212. And her, she basically started to say, and her quote was kind of like, why are you mean to the protesters? Okay. Why are you mean to the protesters? And said, you know, I've been up at one of the, the protests that you've been at. And um, <clears throat> first of all, she said, you're doing it wrong. I said, what, what exactly am I doing wrong? She said, many of the people that you're filming and putting on, <clears throat> they're not the official speakers. When you go, you're supposed to check in, get the list. You're earing people that they're not the official speakers that we're supposed to be talking to. And I said, now, time out. And she also said, and on top of that, many of them, although they're giving speeches at these rallies, it's not intended for you to broadcast it to everybody. So, you know, and I, I said, now, hold on a moment. Let me make sure I get this right. I went to the defund the police, anti-police rally at the State House. I've been to two of them now, or at least two that I can remember. 
They're starting to blend together. One was at Burnside Park, and and it's also a little dicey. And then one was the one Sunday at the State House. <clears throat> I said, hold on. I want to make sure I understand this correctly. So I go to the State House to a defund the police rally, which is an anti-police rally. And they talk about it's time for another riot. They say, we're going to burn the city down. They encourage violence towards the police. And they were celebrating the two officers who were shot and killed in Texas. And I'm being mean to the protesters. She said, I know, but some of them that are speaking, it's not meant for to be broadcast. I said, again, time out. <laughs> They're standing on the steps of the Rhode Island State House. It's not like I'm eavesdropping with a drop mic into their home. They are on the steps of the Rhode Island State House. I don't care if they're one of the official speakers. They handed the microphone and they're allowed to speak. They're introduced. I know that that's not who they want me to cover. But if they're going to stand on the steps of the State House and say it's time for another riot and let's we're going to burn this city down and blank the police and everything else. Then I, what are you talking? Like, I don't have the, I shouldn't be broadcasting that. They're the ones giving the speech. It, it's not even like in a private property. It's at a rally on the steps of the state house. She said, you know, the same thing the other night. The reason I played those two kids was I had eyewitnesses. They were going up. And then this reporter was saying, I know, but, you know, maybe they were just driving by the governor's house. Maybe, how do you know they don't live in the neighborhood? I said, because I was there. The police made them leave. So then here was the comment. She said, you know, I've spoken with other talk hosts. I said, oh, really? Like, oh, well, Tara Granian and Dan York. And they said, now follow this, folks. They said they don't do racist topics. <laughs> I said, a ra- first of all, a ra- what's an example of a race? I've haven't heard that term before, a racist topics. So they're saying, yeah, they, they were telling me we don't do racist topics. Racist topics. I said, what's an example? I don't even know what that means. A racist topic? Yeah, like the Columbus statue. That's a racist topic. Or this thing of like the, the, the protesters and the, um, and the defund the police and that stuff. Those are racist. To- I said, no, no, time out. Hold on. <clears throat> they are topics about race. But they're not racist topic. I don't know what to say. And I I will freely admit, I don't listen to those particular programs, folks, because I'm, to be honest with you, I'm perfectly, I'm too busy focusing on my own. But what a phrase. No, we don't. No, DePietro does the racist topics. So I get it now. So they don't, we don't do the Columbus statue. Why? Because that's a racist topic. No, we, we don't do the protester stuff. Those are racist. There's no such thing. Listen. The, the main topic of the land was the pandemic. And then on Memorial Day at 8 o'clock at night or 8.20, when George Floyd was killed in Minneapolis, it turned to race. So I don't know what else these people are doing. But it's not like I'm just – that is the story. When you have 10,000 people descend on the lawn of the state house. They were there. It was a Black Lives Matter protest to talk about that and view both sides and view the exact words. Can you imagine? I'm being accused of why are you broadcasting the words of the protesters? Isn't that what they would want? 
Well, some of them, they're just, they're, they, they feel they're doing it privately, but you're like crossing the line by broadcasting what they're saying. And I said, doing it privately on a microphone to a crowd at the steps of the Rhode Island State House. That's not privately. That is a public speech. So that, that's not my problem. No one's forcing them to do that. But I was still taken. This is a t- local TV reporter who said, you know, this thing, you know, I just don't know why you're, you're like mean to the protest. I said, that, you know, th- this phrase of I'm mean to the protesters. Again, let, let's just be very clear. They're talking about rioting, looting, burning the city and violence towards the police. Now they're attacking religious statues. Um, the Christopher Columbus statue. I said, all right, let me, let me flip this then. Why are you portraying the protesters in a positive light? Because many people know that I've been saying, I think the media too many times, they're in such a rush and it's such a priority to talk about it was a peaceful protest and blah, blah, blah. And here was what she said. She said, because the protesters are right. Because the police are wrong. There we go. Now it's out in the open, folks. Do you see what just happened? I said, oh, I get it. So when you're going to cover the protest for a TV station, in her mind, the protesters are right. So therefore, I'm going to give them positive coverage. I, so again, trying to be calm, not trying to be difficult, random encounter. Ra- literally ran into someone. We were both like running an errand. This is outside the store. <clears throat> Mutual friend of which I, you know, she said we both know so-and-so. <clears throat> Did, I said I would not say the name. I will honor that. Cone of silence. Juan keeps his word on that type of thing. But I said, but but wh- why do you say the protesters are right? Let's Let's get to the real heart of this. So when you have all those people up there, and you should have seen the reaction, folks. She said, did you not see the video? I said, which video are we talking about? The video in Minneapolis, they killed that man. Of course I saw it, right? And like every other human, I was mortified by it. I was horrified by it. And the country has been ripped apart and turned upside down from that. However, that did happen in Minneapolis. One cop. That Derek Chauvin. And then as a result of that, look at the chaos has broken out. That does not mean, and I want to be very clear about this, folks. That does not mean that every protester is right. That does not mean you have the right to just start ripping down statues. And now they're vandalizing the Virgin Mary statue. Now they're vandalizing religious statues. That doesn't mean you spray paint blank you, F you, on a police car. It doesn't mean... You talk about rioting and looting and F the police and violence towards the police. That does not mean that. And just because they're saying that, because the protesters are right. So this person's agenda, when they're going to cover one of these, my agenda is to just, here's what's being said. And that's what I try. Those that watch Facebook Live, I, I am bringing it to you live. Not edited, right? Because that's what they do. They edit it out. They edit out the speakers. They, they're filming speakers saying, blank the police, burn the city. And what they edit it out, cut out, so you never see it. So now I'm getting pushback from other media members 
Because people are saying to them, how come you, I saw your coverage, why didn't you cover that part of the rally? Why didn't you cover that there were anarchists there? Why didn't you cover the fact that there were armed militia at that defund the police rally? The John Brown Gun Club, they're an Antifa branch of Antifa, nowhere. What was the report? There was music and dancing and it was peaceful and everyone's coming together and we have to do whatever we can to rid society of these evil racist cops. And then I love that one, though. Why do you pick these racist topics? No, excuse me. And I don't know whether Granahan said that to her, but this is someone who was saying, you know, Tara Granahan said she won't do racist topics. Like, nope, not talking about the people at the Raimondo house. Nope, Dean, I'm not touching the Christopher Columbus statue. That's a racist. That is, let me explain something. That's not a racist topic. That is, there were people that don't want the Columbus statue. Didn't want it taken down. And those of you that saw Facebook Live, Brother Gary yesterday, in case you missed it, you can go to the website, tweetdraw.com. He even came out and said, Brother Gary, leader of Black Lives Matter, said no matter where they put that statue, we're going to have a problem with it and rip it down. He also said that if Donald Trump wins the election, that there's going to be a price to pay. And there's going to be violence and shootings. And there's going to be uh, fire. And there's going to be violence. That's mob rule. Why isn't that being showcased, folks? And now you have. Now, I want to be very clear. It was There was one other thing that was kind of comical. So this reporter, who, by the way, I'm not angry. She was just being truthful with random encounter. First time I've ever talked to this person. Worked for a local TV station. Also said, I think you should know. And don't get mad. I said, I am not angry in any way. She said, a lot of the other media make fun of you because you're the only Trump supporter. I don't know if you want to, ready for this? I don't know if you want to rethink that. I said, "There's listen, I do what I'm supposed to do. I, I speak with conviction. I, I, I get along with mem- other members of the media. I see many of them. I'm friendly with them at the Raimondo briefings. So I may want to rethink that. Um, there's nothing to think about in my mind. I am a Trump supporter. If that draws ridicule from the likes of the Dan Yorks of the world, who I have no respect for, who apparently, what I'm being told, was yanked off the air for the week because the ratings have hit rock bottom. Now, I don't know if that's the case. Obviously, yesterday I was very, very busy and have been since we've uh, done seven-day-a-week coverage of this. But if, if that's what it means, then like it, it doesn't even come into my mind. Um, I I am voting for the president. I support the president. I'm certainly not going to do it or rethink it to try to appease more of the liberal elements of the media. That's that's definitely not happening. So I wanted to share that with you folks. Now, also, Governor Raimondo was in the news. She did an interview on um, MSNBC where the Governor Raimondo goes after President Trump. And I'm going to play you some of that. That, we also have an update on the Columbus statue. How about that, though? Racist topics. They're not racist topics. If you cover what's been going on with Black Lives Matter, whether it be the Columbus statue or the, the uh, there's definitely been civil unrest. It is a topic on race. There's no doubt about it that right now race is the dominant topic in America. It is that in the pandemic. Uh, Joe Biden may pick a female of color to be his running mate because race is so dominant. That's why the Washington Redskins changed. That's why statues are coming down. But 
again, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be mean, but the, it, there's a difference. That's not a racist topic. That is a topic involving race. Like, it's frightening to me that these people, Granahan and York, are saying, we don't do racist topics. We don't talk about Black Lives Matter. We don't do the Columbus statue. And we don't do these protests because those are racist. No, oh, excuse me. Excuse me, Cackle. Excuse me, Pork Boy. They are topics involving race. It doesn't mean, <coughs> excuse me, I'm laughing. It doesn't make it a racist topic. The Washington Redskins changing the name of the football team, that's not a racist topic. That's a topic centered on race. Just so we're all clear, why do you pick these racist topics? And you're, you're, you're broadcasting these speeches by some of the speakers that they, they, you're not supposed to be broadcasting those. You're supposed to be broadcasting the people they tell you to broadcast. Yeah. Hey, listen, I go and set up our Facebook Live, and whoever speaks, that's who we capture. So I didn't know. I didn't. Well, you're not supposed to be showing them. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they shouldn't be standing on the steps of the blanking Rhode Island State House, saying "blank the police," and uh, we're going to start ripping down statues and we're going to burn the place down. Hey, listen. Guess what? Not my problem. You know, I'm using. You know, you're using their own words against them. What? What does that tell you? Maybe they should rethink what they're saying. Well, some of them, some of the speakers, some of the protesters were upset because they didn't they didn't expect their speeches to be broadcast. Well, then why are they standing at a re- public rally in front of 100 people on the steps of the Rhode Island State House? You know, uh, why are they standing outside Governor Raimondo's house? They're go trying to get in the house, by the way, and then chanting and yelling obscenities at her house and her family and this whole thing of Black Lives Matter. Well, you know, that's a private neighborhood. Well, they invaded the private neighborhood. What is this? That's no, excuse me. That's not a private neighborhood. That's a public street. Like you're confusing stories. In St. Louis, the protesters broke into a gated community. They were on private property. The pro, how is it the protesters were on a, they had every right to be on Governor Mundo's private street, but I wasn't supposed to be there filming. <laughs> no, wrong. It's a public street. Oh, my goodness, folks. What Juan goes through. Again, this went on for like 15, 20 minutes. All right, folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. You can call them today. Tara said we don't do racist topics. Nope, we don't do what is that? What are you talking about? Race is the dominant topic right now. You, you, like you follow the news. Um, A.E. Mazikra Insurance Services. Folks, call today. Scott and Alex. 353-9300. 353-9300. A.E. <coughs> excuse me. Mazikra Insurance Services. Located 1529 Middle Spring Avenue in North Providence. It's Scott and Alex. Folks, check out their uh, Facebook page and also their website, aemazika.com. A.E. Mazika Insurance Services, 401-353-9300. Now, listen to me. They will help you save money on auto insurance, home insurance, business insurance, life insurance. They will help you save money on things like summertime, motorcycle, boat, jet skis, off-road vehicle, uh, maybe your RV. A.E. Mazikra Insurance Services. Give yourself a raise. Let them help you save money. <coughs> Excuse me. 1529 Mineral Spring Avenue, North Providence. It's A.E. Mazika Insurance Services. Now, folks, we are going to get an update 
on the uh, whole situation um, regarding the Columbus statue in North Kingstown. They did have a meeting last night and they want to bring the statue to um, to North Kingstown. We're going to find out exactly how that went. This portion of the John DePietro show was brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Folks, stop in and see them. Rhode Island's number one garden center is open. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Look for them on Facebook. And also they have a great website now, prmaterials.shop. Right now, what a selection. 12-inch pots of perennials, uh, hibiscus, the incredible selection, assorted colors, 12-inch pots of delilahs and daffodils. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center right off Route 4, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. You're so mean to the protesters. <laughs> mean to the protesters. They're talking about the encouraging violence towards police. And this person's concern. You're so mean to the protesters. It's it's their right to say they want to burn down the city. Why are you being mean to people that want to burn and loot? It's comical. I don't know that you know what it, it's just it's it's a fatal it's a flaw. It just is. It's just it's a flaw. I just have this thing about anarchists for some reason. I don't get along with them. Can you imagine the nerve? The absolute nerve. That I actually want to uh, call out people that want to, you know, uh, uh, desecrate and vandalize the Virgin Mary statue that say, uh, blank the police. Um, Yeah, I mean, can you imagine the nerve of that? Yeah, I just don't have an excuse. All right, Governor Amundo doing an interview on uh, MSNBC saying that President Trump was asleep at the switch regarding the economy. Now, we're going to do a little stop and start, folks. Uh, I'm unfamiliar with who was doing the interview. Stephanie Rule. I don't watch MSNBC a lot just because they're uh, so biased. But uh, here is Governor Amundo on MSNBC. President Trump's America First policy. Does this mean that President Trump tapped into something that matters to the American people, but he just didn't execute on it and Joe Biden can? Good morning, Stephanie. It's great to be with you. Uh, No, I don't think so. Look, right now, Americans are reeling from the economic disaster that President Trump's incompetence has created. And I live that every day here in Rhode Island. The recession we have now is much deeper than it needed to be. Why? Because President Trump was asleep at the switch for a long time. If he had been on it, in December, January of this year, and setting up a robust response to the coronavirus, we wouldn't be in the ditch that we're in. Rhode Island is that, we are where we are, fifth most deaths per capita. The president's plan that COVID. he has laid out um, is bold, and it needs to be bold because this is a Trump Biden audition for Governor Mundo. Such a mess. What I like about Biden's plan uh, is that it puts people first. I love the big investment in skills and training. We've talked about this before, Stephanie. The economy is changing. If people are going to be successful, they need they need to have a chance to get a job, which means they need more job training and more education. I love the vice president's um, focus on manufacturing. You know, here in Rhode Island, I never closed manufacturing during coronavirus. And we are leaning into this opportunity to make things again and reshore in America. 
That's uh, true. So I like that. And frankly, I like his focus on innovation. Unions have we chased have a lot of jobs out. We have now to rebuild an economy that is stronger, fairer, and more resilient, and frankly, more productive than it was um, when we went into the crisis. And I and I think Biden's plan is an, is an excellent, lays an excellent foundation. Let me just explain, folks. And again, good afternoon. It's Sean DePedro. This was Governor Armando on uh, MSNBC. Listen, as we all know, the economy was thriving. The stock market was doing unbelievable. Things were cranking along until the pandemic hit. Also, what should be pointed out is Rhode Island is completely reliant on the federal government for stimulus to try to balance the budget. Or otherwise, this is somewhat difficult to listen to just because it's like completely untrue. Uh, If anything, the economy, you know, look at downtown Providence, never fully caught up with everything. Um, This is completely false. I think it's very unfair to say things are because of the economy because President Trump was asleep at the switch. That is not the case in any way. All right. It continues. It continues. For that to happen. But even before the pandemic, President Trump talks a big game about manufacturing in America. Yet when you look at the numbers, manufacturing has actually been contracting under the president. This plan is a $700 billion investment in jumpstarting our manufacturing. Where does that money come from? Oh, that, listen, that money, first of all, Vice President has laid out a plan to increase taxes, which I agree with. This is an opportunity to increase invest. taxes. You know, the think the, of the taxes in the Rhode Island. Economic theory increase taxes, just cut taxes and economic prosperity will follow is a failed economic. Wrong. Just the opposite. Yes, we need competitive taxes. Yes, we need. Um, we need Rhode Island. Regulatory environment. We need competitive taxes. And makes it easier to do business. But frankly, we need investment. We need to invest in our infrastructure, in broadband, in roads, in bridges, in schools, in job training. The question isn't where do we get the money. We're the wealthiest nation in the world. The question is how to invest smartly. Um, and as you said, to get it done, to execute. Trump has failed to execute on anything he's ever tried. Completely and false. Obviously, um, the results the results bear that out. Wow. Free tuition to four-year colleges and even community college, that is farther to the left than we've seen from the Democratic Party during a general election. Are you concerned it could be too far left? I'm not. Look, I think that you have to start from a place of realizing how uh, how much the average American is struggling right now. I see this in my state. People are really hurting right now. And as we've talked about before, Governor Raimondo on MSNBC crisis has accelerated so many of the difficult trends like brick and mortar retail was slowly declining. And now it's come to a precipitous decline and the same is true for so many other they tried to burn down the mall skill lower wage uh, jobs so the only way we're going to get back and give people a chance to compete is to make sure they have the skills they need a few years ago in rhode island i brought about tuition-free community college the results have been outstanding. We've seen almost a um, 500% increase Not in true. on-time graduation rate. Not for, true. Um, 
Americans and just people don't want a handout. This isn't about giving anything away for free. It's about giving about people giving everything away to for get free. the skills and job training they need to get a good job in the face of a changing economy. I want to talk a bit more about Corona, uh, Rhode Island and as it relates to coronavirus. Cases and hospitalizations have been mostly declining since April. All right, folks, again, this is Governor Mundo. There's only so much I can uh, listen to. Governor Mundo on MSNBC. Now, who listing right now? And again, good afternoon. On this Tuesday, it's 1238. It's John DePietro, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Good afternoon to everybody. Tune in on uh, Facebook Live. Um, who listing right now thinks Rhode Island needs to raise taxes? Boy, you didn't hear that when she was running for re-election two years ago. The Biden plan calls for raising taxes. It, it's not difficult that if you allow people to keep more of their own money, they will spend more of their own money. But instead, notice this attitude again. And this is the Biden idea. This is obviously, <coughs> excuse me, Governor Mundo, Cicilline, the rest of them, which is we know what's best for your money. We're going to take more of your money. Now, Rhode Island is already overtaxed. You have businesses that move out. Now they want to have even more taxes. That is not a recipe for success. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by It's My Health. Stop and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's My Health. You can call her at 305-3585. At It's My Health, you can get vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies who understand quality and integrity. At It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can get local products like the fabulous Acai Berry, this incredible antioxidant that Marie sells there. Just one small shot of this every morning gives your body all the antioxidants you need and your family to stay nice and healthy. Also, uh, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. It's my health. Stop in and see her. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce. Plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, natural skin care products, hair care products. They have vitamins for children. Stop it and see Marie. Now, I'll bet you've driven past it. That old white church. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. I'm holding up a photo to everybody on Facebook Live. Stop it and see her. It's my health in Cumberland. Um, I want to go back to just finish it up. Uh, I have it on the website that right now, Rhode Island, actually, we are uh, fifth in the nation as far as highest number of uh, COVID deaths. So this was, let's see, states with the most COVID-19 deaths per capita. Number one, New Jersey. Number two, New York. Number three, Connecticut. Number four, Massachusetts. Number five, Rhode Island. <clears throat> so this business that somehow with this big success story and also the testing is not the way it's presented. But let's hear how now folks, I want you to understand this is the Biden people kind of giving her an audition. Let's see how see how Governor Mundo does. They're gauging whether or not she could represent him well. This is basically uh, an audition for the VP slot on on MSNBC. We're now in phase three of reopening. Do you plan to ease more restrictions? And you've got to be looking at other states like Florida and Arizona and at least feeling some concern. Um, Of course I do, but I have my eye on what's happening here on the ground. 
So we're in a very fortunate place, knock on wood. We had tested the equivalent of 27% of our population. It's not true. We have a very aggressive testing um, structure, and our test positive rate is about 1.5%. So thankfully, um, we're in a pretty good spot here. I'm looking forward to further reopening the economy, opening schools. I have set a goal. Um, August 31st, I want these kids back in school safely. So I begin my day every day, I end my day every day, looking at the data, looking at the numbers, what happened over the weekend, do we have hot spots and outbreaks? But as I've said to you from the beginning, we have to get people back to work, we have to get these kids back in school, and if I feel it's safe in Rhode Island under you know new guidelines, then I'm gonna continue to, to push in that direction. Now, folks, I want to um, just clear up something that the governor just said, because and this is important. And again, good afternoon. I did ask the governor about this on Friday, but the reason why this is significant, she just said that the equivalent of 27 percent of the population. And I'm going to tell you where that comes from. Now, the population roughly in Rhode Island is around one million. They have done approximately two hundred and seventy thousand tests. But let me be very clear, and we cleared this up last week, I thought. Notice now they say the equivalent of 27% of the population. Now, within those 270,000 tests, if that's the number, I thought on Friday it was 250,000. But be that as it may, let's just say that it is 270. Well, you have people that have been tested three times. You could have three people that are healthcare workers, and between the three of them, maybe they were tested five times each. People that have had COVID have been tested at least three times. As a matter of fact, in order to return to the workforce, you have to test negative three times. So my point is, you could have three individuals that of the three of them, hear me out, have been tested 15 times, but that's not 15 people. That's three people each tested five times. Or let's just say three people that were each tested three times. So that's nine tests, but only three people. Well, she's taking the 270 and saying that's 270,000 is if everyone got one test out of a million. That's not 25% of the population. Um, The only thing I can think why you would say that is because it's an audition for the Biden VP. I can't think of any other reason why you would purposely mislead the equivalent of 27 percent of the population is not accurate. Of those 270,000 tests, from what we understand, (coughs) excuse me, it's only 16 percent of the population, which is still a lot. She said the positive, test positive rate is 1.5%. According to John Hopkins, it's 2.8%. So the governor's counting people have already tested negative, but are getting regular, retested regularly, like in nursing homes. By increasing the denominator, the percentage goes down. So John Hopkins only counts people who have been tested for the first time. That is, to me, purposely misleading. Absolutely purposely misleading. Now, you want us to talk about misleading. Um, Maybe I'll actually save it for next hour. Channel uh, 12, excuse me, did a story on 
Providence Teachers Union. And folks, this is almost like a a union script that they followed. It is interesting that the governor is saying she's pushing, you just heard her, pushing to have those kids back in the classroom. Because this is becoming a partisan issue. Because President Trump is saying the kids should be back in the classroom. And some states go back earlier. For instance, California announced yesterday that those kids are not going back in the classroom. But California, the kids go back August 15th. They go back in one month. Rhode Island is the end of August. But now you have Hillary Clinton. Teachers shouldn't be forced to choose between their lives and their jobs. There's no focus on the kids. The union talking point is it's all about the teachers. And, and, and I'll even say this. I'm not, I'm not even convinced that that's not a valid concern with some of the teachers. I, I, I get that. But as Donna Perry pointed out last, last hour, folks, that is, and I'll play the clip coming up. Channel 12 did a story on it. And what I find interesting about the Channel 12 story, you can tell the union dominated the piece, is because the union representative <clears throat> uses President Trump saying, well, President Trump wants all the kids back in the classroom. And we don't think that that's safe. Now, if you're doing a local story, why wouldn't you illustrate that Governor Mundo and Education Commissioner Infante Green that they want the kids back in the classroom? Because the union wants whatever President Trump says, the union wants to say the opposite. That's why. Now, this will be very telling if the governor backtracks on having kids in the classroom. If children don't go back into the classroom, it's a major problem. In Providence, the percentage of parents that are working parents or that need kids in the classrooms when they go to job is very, very high. One of the highest. So there it's even more detrimental. I will save that, though, for next hour. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show was brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Stop it and see our leader, John Francis. Call him at 727-1716. Go and see him, 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Competition Shooting Supplies. Folks, when they say defund the police, you say competition shooting supplies, firearms, ammunition, accessories. There's no one more knowledgeable. And maybe you're going to be a first-time gun owner. You know what? The way things are going right now, I saw the um, the St. Louis couple, that man, McCluskey. I saw him on with Tucker Carlson last night. The police weren't going to come. Then what do you do? He and his wife, they had to fend for themselves. Life in 2020. Competition shooting supplies, 727-1716. Or call them 435. Or go and see them, excuse me, 435 Benefit Street, Pawtucket. Take the last exit. Off of 95, you're going to go past the Attleboro train station, and then you'll come to the intersection, Newport Avenue and Benefit Street. It's competition, shooting supplies. There are many businesses right now where they're designating someone there to be having a weapon on them. Because, folks, this is frightening. As these violent mobs are, you know, preaching, you know, let out the prisoners, right? The streets are ours. Defund the police. Um, and on top of that, if Biden becomes president, folks, good luck trying to get a firearm. Stop in at Competition Shooting Supplies and see our friend John Francis. So you can call him at 727-1716. Well, let's get an update. Last night, there was a uh, meeting in North Kingstown. And this has to do with <clears throat> um, 
getting the uh, bringing the Christopher Columbus statue to North Kingstown. So let's talk with our friend uh, Mary, who was there last night. And then uh, I do want to play for you the piece about the uh, teachers union and how they're they're drawing the comparison with. Hi there, Mary. Hold on one moment, folks. Joining us right now, she is on the town council of North Kingstown, also the uh, North Kingstown Republicans. It's our friend Mary. Good afternoon, Mary. Good afternoon. Well, how did it go last night? Tell us about North Kingstown and the Christopher Columbus statue. Well, we um, I got ahead of the public comment last night and responded to the 133 emails that I received. And then there was no additional public comment about it afterwards. Um, so the, the takeaway in all this, I'm going to continue to work on getting that statue out of storage and relocated. Um, the committee is going to do that. I'm going to do that. Um, will it public property? Most likely not. Um, however, it, we will work. There's two nonprofits in particular that have a vested interest, and there's a lot of private uh, persons that are willing to host him as well. But what was interesting as a lesson for the public and for elected officials is that of the 133 email petitions that I received, this was originated by a 17-year-old student in high school. And um, there was 12 petitions that came in on the school department server for their high schoolers. Um, I believe that it violated the use of the server. I'm waiting for the schools to get back to me with a policy. It certainly violated their um, policies on bullying. But of 133, only 40 of these actual people are um, registered voters in North Kingstown. So the lesson in this is how do we interpret the incoming correspondence for the overall community voice because I interviewed as many people face-to-face over the last 10 days and with the exception of three, everybody said they had no problem with the statue. So um, the majority of these petitions were high school students and they were college students and we all need to take a step back. All generations above, you know, Gen X and, and higher need to look at this and say, okay, we have minority people, I mean, not age of majority, under 18-year-olds and college students that are taking away our art and history because they're being, they're, they're activists. And so we need to be activists. And what is the appropriate way of, of communicating with your leaders to make sure that, you know, statutes are not gone, names aren't changed, all of this change is happening, and these young folks think it's great, but um, I got to tell you, the overwhelming population doesn't if you speak with them. You know, it's interesting. And folks, we're speaking with Mary Brimmer. Mary, I think that North Kingstown student, he's a member of, I think, the Providence Student Union. Now, that is, they are professional activists. Uh, that is that Aaron Ruggenberg. He's also behind the defund the police. They really guide these children. They give them, you know, I'm willing to bet that all the emails from the high school students, college students, did they all kind of like a cut and paste, like a, uh, a cookie cutter type? They were exactly they were a cookie cutter, but one of them created a link. They're great with technology. I yep. appreciate that. They created a link as a sample template and, you know, encouraged people to change it up for their own. And, and I built out a beautiful spreadsheet to indicate who wrote a, an individual letter and who wrote, you know, just did the petition. Um, but people would tell me. I, I received emails from Tennessee, from New York, from Maine. What, what, what interest do they have? Who are they to tell me what's right here in this town? That's I mean, right. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Um, so how are things? Yeah, uh, and and that, go ahead, Mary. Not only that, adults reacted very badly. They were inflamed by the, the bullying aspect that appeared on Instagram. Many adults were inflamed by it, and that triggered them to respond. And 24% of the respondents were via an iPhone. So the, we're making it very easy for people to communicate a message. However, when it's being triggered by an inflammatory, untrue, not sharing all the facts, you know, posting or meme or, or um, I don't know, statement on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, people are responding to something without having the facts. And, and it's, we have to filter that down as elected leaders um, and demonstrate leadership. And I told the public last night, if you're looking for an apology, I don't apologize. I apologize that you were upset, but I don't apologize for standing up. I'd be, I'd be a weak leader if I wasn't, you know, comfortable with uncomfortable conversations, and I'd be a lousy Republican if I didn't tell you that this was wrong. Folks, we're speaking with Mary Brimmer, um, North Kingstown Town Council, also uh, North Kingstown uh, GOP. Mary, how is it left then? So you're interested. It sounds like Ralph Mollis, the town manager of the town, is interested. Uh, they can put up, have high school kids send petitions. But what is the next move with North Kingstown and the Columbus, Christopher Columbus statue that right now sits in storage? with um, our state legislators on Friday last week um, with Representative Julie Casmiro and Representative Bob Craven. They're yep. going to introduce legislation in January Great. to um, to to um, restrict the removal of statues. If it's a state-owned monument, it will have to go for a vote through the House and Senate. If it's municipally owned, it will have to go on to the ballot as a question on a referendum. Mm. So that will go through in, in January. So that's positive. Now we slow down the process. It doesn't mean they're not going to go, but it means that the public, the full public will weigh in. Yep. Um, and as far as it goes, I, I just said to the town, look, I am a public person, but I'm also a private person. And what I choose to do in my free time you know, with the committee, it's my business. And we're going to continue to look for opportunities to relocate this. But as, as I said, there's two nonprofits um, that have a vested interest in this, um, cultural vested interest. And if their board, and it's a matter of waiting for them to get before their board of directors, if they accept it, we're going to continue to put the heat on Mayor Alorza. And by the way, crickets from his office, not a response. I've called them, I've emailed them. It's been in the newspapers, it's been on radio, no response. Yeah. That's pretty typical. It is typical, almost like holding it hostage. Folks, she's Mary Brimmer. Mary, great job. Good to talk to you. Keep up the fight, and we'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Be well. Bye-bye. All right, folks, there it is, Mary Brimmer, right here on the John DePietro Show. Folks, this portion of the program on this uh, Tuesday, coming up next hour, I am going to play for you how uh, – I'm going to demonstrate for you how the unions are now pitting this as opening – if you're an, if you want to open and send the kids back to school – That means you're a Trump supporter. If you don't, then you're with us because Biden's against it and blah, blah, blah. This portion, which it should not be that way. This should be about safety, healthy. I I think children should be back in school. Um, I don't know if it should be five days a week, but they should be back in school. I think it can be done. I think it could be done safely. Uh, But this portion of the program is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Now, listen, we still have a long way to go. This summer, you want to be nice and comfortable in your home. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. For If you want to be nice and warm in your house in the wintertime and cool in the summertime, call J.K.L. Engineering, 401-351-7600. Estimates are free. Financing is available. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. For over 53 years, J.K.L., the original, the best, 
Call J.K.L. Engineering today, 401-351-7600. Jot down this number, 351-7600 for J.K.L. Engineering. Be nice and comfortable in your home. Remember, estimates are free. Financing is available. In the wintertime, they can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. And this time of year... They'll keep you nice and cool in your home. Maybe you have a cooling system. Let's get it tuned up. J.K.L. Engineering. Call them 401-351-7600. Remember, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Estimates are free. Financing is available. It's J.K.L. Engineering. 401-351-7600. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by... Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. They're right around the corner from Cellos and Silver Spring Street. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Look for them on Facebook. Delicious sausage and pepper and eggplant, meatball calzones, buffalo chicken calzones, sandwiches, pizza, deluxe spinach pies, pizza strips, cannolis, brownies. They have that famous Trump chocolate covered donuts. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Trump soda. Stop in and see Ron and Melissa. And remember, Free coffee for police and military. They salute them. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Just terrific. All right, coming up, we're going to have the uh, 1 o'clock news next hour. Now, Governor Mundo press briefing is tomorrow, so we have another full hour to go. I'm going to tell you the story. I want to demonstrate for you how it's being illustrated. Of If you want to send your kid back to school, that makes you a Trump supporter. That is absolutely ridiculous. It should not be about politics. It should be about the students. It should be about learning. And I think those kids should be back in school. I think they should. We're going to talk about that and a lot more. Folks, stay tuned. We have another big hour to go right here on the show. It's John DePietro. Remember, you can go to the website, DePietro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to get in touch with me, go to the website. You can send an email there. It says uh, contact John. So another big hour to go. Stay tuned. AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipetro.com. And then once you're there, you can see uh, many of the different reports and videos. Right now, it's 1 o'clock.